0: Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you know what, Mark? Today is an interesting day. You can't leave the room because we have some funny things to do. You said I'm an entertaining man, and it's very true. I like to be. You may not know this. Some of you have history with me and Mark, but we play pranks on each other all the time. And three and a half years ago, Mark preached at Encounter Church while I was on vacation. And he played this crazy video. It's uh, something you can go to YouTube. Just look up Mark R. Tripp, pastor, and you'll find the video. I have a response. It's been three and a half years. Oh, you just get ready. All right. Oh, my goodness. I can't even tell you how stressful that was to get around your schedule. You were everywhere. It was awful. Anyway, it's finally over with and now I can, oh, that was more stressful to do that and have that ready for today than to preach today because of, anyway, Josh Howard, you're an amazing man. You uh, helped me with that and thank you for some of those others that helped along the way too. I'm going to pray so we can kind of reboot here because that's a little bit manic and silly. Would you bow your heads with me and we'll dive into God's word and have a little message. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for fun and laughter that we can have. And also, Lord, within the same uh, service, have have moments of very seriousness where we're, we're praying over elders and wives. And Lord, thank you that our Encounter elders are here as well to be able to celebrate that and some others from Encounter that are here. Lord, we love you, but you truly loved us first. Lord, I'm so excited to be able to be back in this passage. Lord, This is everyone's story, the the, the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter uh, or the lost son, the lost daughter. This is all of our stories. Thank you for having this in your word. Thank you for being the God who looks over the horizon for us. And Lord, you draw us to yourself and we're grateful for that. Lord, guide my words this morning, illustrations and other things, but Lord, ultimately that your word would be the thing that would pierce our hearts and minds and draw us closer to yourself. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, A number of years ago, Mark and I were on staff at Grace Church. Like we said, it's a pretty big church. It's up in Powell. They got like twenty-five acres of land, and they dug this huge basement uh, and put all the dirt to the side. And if you know this or not, if you watch that video that uh, he did three and a half years ago, he steals my Jeep and drives it around. I have a Jeep Wrangler, and I used to love to go four-wheeling on it in the back of the church that he and I worked at. Well, more than once, I have to admit to you, I got stuck. And one of the times, I was with my daughter, Rachel, who's here on the front row, and we had kind of snuck away. It was a Sunday night, and Melissa, my wife, who's in the front row, didn't know we were gone, and then we got stuck, and I was like, what in the world am I going to do? I need help. I need someone to help me. I literally had bottomed out my vehicle. I'm regressive and driving around, but when four wheels aren't touching the ground, you don't get to go anywhere. And I had a little shovel, and I was trying to dig it out, and I, I just couldn't do it. The weight of the vehicle was too much. I needed help. So I called a buddy of mine who actually was in a small group that night, but he lived really close to the physical building. And I said, Mike, I need your help. Will you come tow me out? And I'm trying to get it done as quick as I could. And it just it got to the point where I'm like, I needed help. And I, I felt so stupid. And I had to admit it that I, you know, and call a friend. And then eventually Melissa called and says, where are you? You're not home yet. And I'm like, oh, jeez, I don't want to have to admit this. This is so awkward. So I don't know if that's ever happened to you before. Not the Jeep part. But the part where you need help. The part where you get to the end of yourself, and you've tried so many other things. Rachel and I were trying to dig out dirt. I had a little shovel. I tried to do it. I felt kind of bad and dumb, and I was embarrassed. And and you don't want to have to reach out sometimes for help, but you've got to sometimes. When you come to the end of yourself especially, reach out for help. I love what Jenny was talking about there too. Just you know, her life and her finding her way back to God's story included the, the part where she needed to ask for help. She needed to ask for help. And it's unfortunate in so many of our lives that we wait until the very end to, to think of praying. We try to do so many things ourselves. Well, we're in a series, and you're in a series here called Finding Your Way Back to God. And there's a couple different weeks, and I think I have them, some of them listed here. Week one, you guys talked about this. You can go to that next slide. You called it, there was an awakening. There's five different awakenings. So you actually have two more yet to talk about in the next two weeks. But the first one was an awakening to longing. That there's got to be more. Where you kind of come to the end of yourself and you've tried so many things. Like Jenny, she was trying relationships and other things and kind of pushing God out of her life. But you get to the end of yourself and you go, you know what, there's there's got to be more. Well, the second week you guys talked about this, an awakening to regret. That I wish I could start over. There's a longing to maybe have more, but then there's the regret of, man, all the things I've done. I'm weighted down, I'm burdened by the things that I've done. Well, today we're going to talk about this awakening. It's an awakening to help. That even though you, you, you wish you could start over, once you finally get to the point where I wish I could start over, I'm feeling guilty, I can't dare ask for help, once you finally get to the end of yourself and you realize, okay, I'm going to ask for help, it's, I, I can't do this on my own. It's interesting that Jenny's boyfriend or ex-boyfriend was the one who kind of came to that first and then she kind of followed along. You each have perhaps your own finding your way back to God story. I have one, you have one. And, and maybe you're, you're here today and you haven't found your way and you're still asking questions. That's great. That's one of the reasons why we call it a journey. We call it a journey. Well, the, this, this series is based off of a book by these two guys and Mark and I have the privilege of knowing them. There's Dave and John Ferguson. I think that's the next slide there. They wrote this book. They're mad about church planting and we're kind of connected with them with the New Thing Network. Maybe you've heard about that. But uh, anyway, this is the book and if you don't have it yet, I'd suggest you get it. It's filled with stories of people finding their way back to God. Well, you can go to the next slide so we've got a big idea, kind of this overarching idea for the message this morning. I'm going to read a little bit of God's word and kind of make some illustrations along the way in a couple points. Uh, but when we admit that we are powerless to fulfill our longings on our own, we'll discover there's help, and that help has a name. His name is Jesus. When you come to the end of yourself, and you realize, I can't fulfill all my needs. And we have this hole, you know, there's an old, I mean, I, I can remember growing up in the 80s, right, when people say, you've got this hole in your heart, and you're trying to fill it with all these different things, and then finally, that it's really just a God-shaped hole. We try to fill it with sex, or drugs, or alcohol, or, or power, or prestige, or, or money, or whatever it is, and then we come to the end of ourselves realizing, I've been created by a God he wants relationship with me. He's literally looking over the horizon for me to return to him because we've been created in his image. And he's drawing us to our, himself. So I don't know where you're at in that journey. You may be a follower of Christ and you may be slipping and walking away. You may be someone who's far from God and you're just beginning this journey. You may be someone who's just, I love God, I love the experience. I, I love what Mindy said about Jenny's experience having communion, right? Like this, this excitement about where you're at in God's and in your relationship with him. But this is what I want to do. I want to read to you just a couple of the verses again in Luke 15. I, I love it that you showed that video. We showed that in the encounter when we did this series a couple months ago. Powerful stuff. And again, this is everyone's story. Finding your way back to God. But I just wanted to read just a couple of verses to you. Uh, I think the page number may be even up there. I think that's aligned with your, with the Bible you've got there. Well, I'm going to read verses 17 to, to 20. And I just want you to kind of hear again some of these words. It says here, When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, this is the prodigal, the son, at home, even the hired men have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired man. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. Wow. That was the father's response to the son that had taken this money, had squandered it. You probably talked about that in the last two weeks. It wasn't like, "Hey, you get your, get your and grab him by the scruff of the neck and and throw him into the house." And I'm going to shame you. I'm going to talk to you about all the things that you've done wrong. The father is literally looking and longing for a relationship with his son. Now, I don't know about for you, but but when we talk about this idea of help, it's kind of this coming to your senses. In fact, it said that in verse 17, when he came finally came to his senses. I mean, this is a son who squandered everything. Then there's the embarrassment of, I've had all this money. I spent it on all these people. Then I, then I have nothing. Now I go live on a pig farm. And by the way, if you're a Jew and you don't like pigs and you're working on a pig farm and you want the pig's food, that's a pretty low place to be. It's kind of like the bottom of the barrel. And now you're finally looking up and going, I, I, I guess I could go home. I mean, my goodness, my dad's servants, they eat and they have places to live. I could at least do that. And that's when he came to his senses. That's when he realized, I need help. I need help, and I think I'm gonna go back to my father and do that. So I don't know what you think you're gonna find if you go back to your, your earthly home, but when it comes to God and coming back to him, if you come to your senses, and, and part of that coming to your senses is realizing your brokenness, realizing your sin. I mean, you understand there's got to be some turning from your sin and turning to God, you, you come to God as a sinner. It's not like you clean yourself up and then go to him, but it's realizing, I've really screwed up. I've really messed up. I need to stop doing these things, and I can't do it on my own. So I'm going to turn to the one who knows me best, and I'm going to ask him for help. And, and here's a quick thing. There's an East, uh, a first century uh, uh, tradition, and it may not have been across the whole of Israel, but in certain villages in Israel, there was a thing called... K'zaza. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It was something that I learned actually in the study of this. It's called the cutting off, the kazaza. And this tradition, when I read about it and found out about it, I realized it's this, if a Jewish boy were to leave the community... And he were to squander his wealth amongst the Gentiles. By the way, you think about it. This kid and his father, they're, 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 the Jewish culture is a, is a close culture. They're raising money. They're spending money kind of in this smaller setting. And now a kid takes that money and he squanders it amongst a bunch of Gentiles who Jews had a very negative view of. And it's like, oh my goodness. So all of a sudden, with this kazaza, there is this mindset of the community actually meeting a kid coming back into the community. This is what they would do. They would literally take a pot and they would be looking and if they knew this boy was coming, they would literally smash a pot. And they would talk to this young person and they would literally say, "Let this pot, let this broken pot represent your brokenness. You've broken the trust of our community, and worse yet, you've broken the heart of your father and your mother. You're not whole. You're not welcome." And you're not family. And then they would banish this individual. But we look at a passage like this. And we read in verse 20. That it says. So when he returned home to his father. While he was still a long distance away. His father saw him coming. His dad was looking for him. I think his father was literally knowing what the community might do because of the rumors that they had heard. They knew what was going to happen. When he came home, he was going to be shamed. He was going to be cast out. And literally, part of the love of God the Father and the love of this man in the story that Jesus told was looking for his son so that he could take him away from the shame and embarrassment and the rejection of the community. That he could get to him before them and as the video showed you, so he could wrap him with a, with a, with a robe. Put sandals on him. The, the, the Bible tells us he gave him a ring, which is a symbol of an authority. The father wanted to beat the community to his son. Why? Well, again, the second half of verse 20, you can look at it right there. Because he was filled with love and compassion. And he ran to his son. Here's an interesting thing. He recognized his son. you realize that? He saw him, it says, from a far distance away. You ever, you ever think about how people walk? You know, we th- talk about horses, and I guess we could talk about people too. They have a certain gait. I mean, maybe you recognize your, your spouse or, 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 your, or your family member. And I don't know if you recognize this individual. This may be more of your parents' generation. But here's an actor that for, did over 250 movies uh, over his 40-year period of time. Does anyone know who that is? Okay, so somebody knows it's John Wayne. Well, I know there's somebody else in their 40s or 50s here, right? John Wayne, and I'm not going to try to copy it because I'll look ridiculous, but he had, go watch any one of his country western movies, right? This guy had a certain walk. You know, he kind of sauntered, and you kind of knew it, from a, even from a distance. Well, this is the dad. The dad knew way off in the distance, looking into the distance, I know what my son looks like. I know how he walks. And every day I'm looking from my porch to see Is he coming home today? Is he coming to his senses today? I mean, he's praying for him, wondering what's he doing? The father knew. Maybe he'll come home, maybe he won't. So, where are you? Where are you at and you're finding your way back to God? What are the things that you've done? Are you in a place in your life where you feel like you've done so many things, or there's one maybe thing that just kind of just hangs there and you realize this is the thing that holds me back from my relationship with God. God couldn't forgive this. I'm here to tell you biblically, God doesn't see it that way. He loves you and has a heart of compassion for you. That's why he was willing to send his own son to die for you. You're not a stranger to God. You, you may be he may be a stranger to you but you are not a stranger to god he knows you you are his creation you're an eternal being you don't just have a soul you actually are a soul you realize you are an eternal being you're going to live forever with god or without god this is the choice we can turn from our sin and we turn to God. But the heart of the Father and the point of this whole story, as it's every one of our stories, is that God is looking over the horizon for you and I to turn from our sin and to turn back to him for help. He is the helper. He is the one that we want to go to. He is the one scanning the horizon. So this is what I want you to do. There's this, there's this final slide. It's a, it's a prayer. And maybe you talked about it last week or the week before but I kind of want to challenge you with this. This is even for those who are who are followers of God and maybe you've kind of walked away or maybe you've kind of gotten disenchanted or, or maybe, I don't know, something's happened. But just challenge God. Say, God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. Awaken in me the willingness to turn toward you for help. There's so many of you, most of you I don't know. I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. But maybe this is you today. Maybe this is you. You're, you're stuck in a place where you're holding God at bay because of the sin in your own life, moral or financial. Maybe you've lied. Maybe you've gossiped and it's blown into the, out of proportion. I don't know what it is. You're thinking of it. I, I don't know. I want you to take that thing, and I want you to ask God for forgiveness for that thing, and then ask him for help through that situation. We get ourselves in all sorts of messes. There's no problem. There's no, there's not, no, there's a problem. There's no doubting that we get ourselves in all sorts of situations, and that's a big problem. But he's willing to walk through those problems. He wants to save you from the shame and embarrassment that others maybe have planned for you. He wants to walk you through that. So this is what I want to do. I want to have you bow your head. I want to give you a couple moments to be able just to, just to talk to God. Just talk to him. Open up your heart to him. Ask him for help. Maybe admit a couple of things that you know by name in your mind, in your heart that you've done. And then hand those things over to him. And then maybe take a little bit of time even to thank him for his forgiveness. If you ask for his forgiveness, he will forgive. He wants you to be his son or daughter. Heavenly Father, I pray for this group of people. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for such a special morning where, again, we can honor a number of people who've been here faithfully serving and leading and praying and guiding and shepherding. But Lord, even as elders, we need to find our way back to you. Even as elders, it's a daily decision. It's not like these are elders and there's no more issues in their life or for their wives or their children. Lord, we all including me, standing here as a pastor, need to find our way back to you. Lord, I know that the choices I make every day lead me away from you or lead me to you. So Lord, this isn't a one-time thing. It it may be a one-time big yes. Yes, I'm going to follow you. Yes, I'm going to make you the Lord of my life. But Lord, then it's a lifetime of little yeses along the way as we continually, daily, find our way back to you. Lord, that you would help us, that you would guide us to do that, that we wouldn't just come to the end of ourselves before we ask for help, but, Lord, that you would shorten the distance of time before us messing up and us going to you. Lord, that we would realize that help has a name, and his name is Jesus. Lord, we thank you for sending your Son We thank you for wanting relationship with us first and loving us first and having compassion for a bunch of mess-ups. Help us to love you back and ultimately to give your name glory. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name.